Bills fan podcast from March 22nd, 2016. It's your boy Dave. Here with your boy Adam. How's it going, people? Yeah, you know. Don't we, forget, we're coming to you from numbillsfan.com. Yeah, Sorry to cut you off, Dave. I know you're don't really ever excited forget about this that, one. But numbillsfan.com. We're, we're a little disappointed in ourselves. Uh, we had a great interview with Ryan Talbot from scout.com. Yeah, he does the Buffalo football report at scout.com. We had a great chat. We covered. Uh, Tyrod's little contract situation. We talked about uh, Rex at the AFC Coaches Breakfast, some of the rule change proposals. Um, We went over all sorts of stuff, but to be fair, we had some technical difficulties. We had a little bad cable plugged into the board recording the call. We're going to play it for you. It's not the best, but bear with us. The chat was great, and we loved having Ryan. Ryan's great. Yeah, Ryan was awesome. He does a great job over at Scout. Yeah, and one of the things with Ryan that that is our that is my favorite thing is back in the day when I was trying to find podcasts to find or articles to read about the Bills. I want Bills News twenty four seven. Now it's easy to go to ESPN dot com, and now the ESPN's a little bit better than it used to be. I think a little bit more detailed, but you just get guys who pretty much throw crap at the wall and hope it sticks and it's all the easy plays well ryan's digging deep and he's finding out little nuggets and he's up there on the list with breakdowns and just awesome source please follow him yeah definitely i i I think he's better than a lot of the uh traditional media sources and just for the record we're very very we you know we'll bust balls do whatever but we're as far as integrity of audio quality we're musicians first, and this is very important to us, you know. And, and it's we did not. Well, what do, we're trying to say is we'll do we'll do better next time. Yeah. So trust us. This audio will never fly again, All and right. it's, it but, is what it is. Yeah. But well, without further ado, trying to say sorry. With, with with without further ado, we've we've been beating this to death. Here's here's our interview with Ryan Talbot from Buffalo Football Report at Scott.com. How's it going today, Ryan? Hey guys, it's going great. How are you? Oh, we're doing we're doing great. We're we're doing just just dandy. <laughs> we're hanging in there. We've been in, we've been in touch and frankly doing a lot of pre pro because we're pretty pro. And um, you know we we're talking about the things that 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 we think are are hot right now. And last we talked, the Bills didn't sign a safety. Last we talked, we didn't have that many comments of Whaley. I think trying to troll us with the Stanford quarterback. Um, you know, which makes kind of sense. But most importantly, I feel that Tyrod Taylor's contract is a big one, and I take it you agree with that. Yeah, the the Tyrod Taylor contract uh, saga, I guess you could call it, is definitely one of the top storylines going right now with the Bills, and it's interesting to hear from the different perspectives of Tyrod's agent, uh, obviously Doug Whaley, as well as even Rex Ryan, so there's a lot that we can touch upon there. Absolutely, right, right. I, I, if you if you look at it with your naked eye, 
how would you feel if the Bills waited out a year? Because the way I kind of look at it is Tyrod was awesome. He, he was incredible. But I think he could really he, – the, the agent needs to understand, which I understand he's doing his job, but they surrounded him with a lot of people. They did. You know, and if they want to keep bringing guys in and it, for the future, you know, like Percy Harvin's out there. Well, is Percy Harvin going to be a nice guy and play for a vet minimum? You know what I mean? Because I, I don't really know. What you, I, I think Tyrod is the guy you wait till uh, all the dust settles. You're going into camp. You got some money left over from the cap. You throw it to him. Would you agree? Is that kind of what you do? Or you lock him in now and jeopardize, you know, messing up your, your Cordy Glenn and, and Gilmore long-term deals? That's kind of you know, where I stand. The big thing is, first and foremost, I think you, you need to wait one season. Yeah, Tyrod was very good last year. I uh, exceeded everyone's expectations, I would think, within the organization, within the fan base. But we're, we're still only talking about a guy who has 14 starts under his belt. And what happened this offseason is the Brock Osweiler deal really threw a wrench in, in the, the plans, of, I think, of every team going forward. Because you're talking about a quarterback who had seven stars in Denver this year with one of the best defenses in the league that really carried him more than his own personal staff. And this guy is getting $18 million a year now from the Houston Texans. So so now you look at a guy like Tyrod Taylor who outplayed Osweiler personally last year, and all of a sudden his agent's saying, well, hey, if Osweiler's getting $18 million a year, my guy should be getting $18 million a year as well. So as you said, his agent's doing his job, and, and you have to understand that. But the Bills need to be conscious. 14 stars is a small body of work. You want to see... Is, is he going to build off of his first season with the Bills in 2016? Uh, that's one of the big things, obviously, can he stay healthy? He didn't miss a lot of time last year, but he also plays a game where he's, he's moving a lot. He's not necessarily trying to, to scramble all the time, but he, he puts himself at risk of taking hits that are unnecessary. So they also have to protect themselves in that and that aspect. But most of all, it comes down to the salary cap, in my opinion. Right now, the, the Bills have about $7.5 million in cap space. They have eight draft picks uh, in this year's draft, and that'll cost them about $6 million once you sign all those players. If they if they draft all eight players, they can't right. trade and move up and down, do what they need to. So that leaves the Bills with very little money to even throw Tyrod Taylor to even try to work on an extension. So, whereas you can extend Stephon Gilmore and Cordy Glenn this year, or, um, and actually lower their cap in 2015, or 2016, I should say. Uh, you can't do that with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is only making about $3 million this upcoming season. I can't see a way that they would structure this contract where they would have him still making $3 million this year or some, something close to that, but then I wouldn't like to see what his other, his other yearly pay would be on average because that could do the entire total, so... Wait until mid-year next year. Uh, halfway through the season, if the Bills are sitting at six and two, uh, even five and three, and, and it's more so the defense that's still giving them problems and not Tyrod Taylor, then you start negotiating. You hope to get that long-term deal for that eighteen million dollar range this season on average, 
And if you can't reach the deal, well, you still have that franchise tag within your back pocket that keeps him around for at least one other season. Right. But I think the Bills are making the right call by waiting one, one more year. So, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. that. That was kind of my take on it too. Was right. letting the letting the Brock Osweiler deal cool off and maybe have them come out and say, "All right, that that guy was not the value player we needed in, in that price range." You know, he he's just not worth the money he, he got. Because I mean, I, yeah, I don't I, think I, I don't think he's gonna, I I don't expect him to live up to to the expectations that 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 kind of contract sets. I mean, we've seen you know, the big, we've seen that happen. You know, Colin Kaepernick's a great example. You know, I agree with that. The, the big thing is, with, I will say for Osweiler, he's still very young. He does have the big arm. He'll have DeAndre Hopkins as a weapon. So I, I don't want to write him off. Right, I'm not. Say, I'm not gonna. No, no, absolutely. I'm not gonna do that. He's he's a very talented kid with a ton of upside. But he's definitely not earning $18 million a year on average based on his, the play that he's done so far. I agree with that wholeheartedly. No, to, to be blunt with it, that's outrageous. When, when that happened, I had the same reaction when the Bills drafted E.J. Manuel. And keep in mind, I'm, I'm a big E.J. supporter. Or I was. you Because know, whatever the Bills do, I'm going to follow. Oh, all right, you guys are doing that? Cool. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, no, I came up with every scenario where that kid could succeed, and none of them played out the way they did in my head. But I, I looked at, like, like to me, this might seem nuts. I think I think E.J. Manuel's stock went up. You know what I mean? Because if you're if you're a Bills fan, which we are, I don't know if you just cover the Bills or if you love the Bills, but I think you had to start covering them for some reason, you know? So the way I look at it is... We're looking at all these other prospects that come in the league, and for some reason they're put on the shelf. And we always think, man, what about that guy? You know, what about this guy? Can't we dust off E.J. Manuel? Am I nuts to think that maybe a team would be thinking that, especially if Doug Whaley's hyping him, you know, saying he's the top third best backup quarterback in the league if you look at the records and the stats, and he's not lying. And I think the kid wants to have a chance to start. And it could benefit the Bills to ship him off. And wouldn't that technically free up some cap space, too, if you get rid of that three mil? Because I look at it in a way of... Well, no, releasing it would be no advantage at all. No, if you, if you got it, if, you, if somebody was looking at, like, why don't we trade for this kid and try to fix him, like they always do. Yeah, no, is where I mean, I'm coming that, from. that's the only plausible scenario there. So, Ryan, the way I look at it is you lock in Stephon Gilmore. That that brings his, his cap hit down, right, for this year. And then the same thing with Cordy Glenn for long-term deals. Am I am I wrong there, or is that correct? Well, you're not wrong. They could do that. What they, what they could do is they could sign them to a deal that may pay them uh, $12, 13 even $14 million on average per season, but the cap hit for 2016 could be $10 million, even $9 million. And they could then just um, adjust the cap hit easily, where maybe in 2018 one of their cap hits is closer to uh, 16 million, and that they can, you know, they could they can tinker with the cap uh, with the cap is what I say. So, right. Yeah, they they could definitely re-sign them and then just lower the cap also this year. See, I, I just, you know, right right now is the most intriguing time of year because it's fantasy land. The draft isn't here. 
so it's about a month away and you know a little more than a month and you got to figure they're talking about Percy Harvin all of a sudden you know you're hearing about this quarterback out of Stanford and Doug Wavy does not go in depth for anything unless it's around this time of year and, and we all know the smokescreen game and I'm I'm just not shocked that if they come up with some clever maneuvers to, to make cap space. And I really think that, frankly, after the draft, the dominoes are going to fall all, all into place through free agency again. And what I, while we're on free agency, they brought in the safety from Minnesota. What do you think about him? Drafted as a cornerback out of Notre Dame. You know, I, I like Blanton. At worst-case scenario, he's a depth guy for the Bills who also plays special teams and does pretty well on special teams. Um, Best-case scenario, he can win a starting job this year. Uh, I know that a lot of defenses have specific types of players that play strong safety and free safety, but in Rex Ryan's defense, it's more just like interchangeable parts. So right. I wouldn't even label him as a specific safety in this defense, but comes in, and in 2014, the one season that actually was able to start most of the year, he was pretty solid in uh, run, you know, run stoppage. He was decent in terms of coverage and things like that. So there's some upside there compared to an older veteran like Corey Graham, who kind of lost his step last year at the end of the year, really struggled with coverage. Um, and then I, I don't know what to expect out of Aaron Williams. The Bills keep saying, oh, he's fine. If he would have made the playoffs, he could have played. But when he did a inter, an unfiltered interview with, with John Murphy, once again said, you know, at camp or whenever I take my first contact, that's when I'll know if I have to reevaluate my decision to keep playing. So even in his mind, he's not sure if he's, he's 100% playing in 2016, which is a scary thought because – the Bills, okay, they bring in Blanton. Are they okay with Blanton, Corey Graham, Duke Williams, Jonathan Meek um, in 2016? Are they thinking they need to draft a safety high now in the second and third round? There's a lot of scenarios the team has to really figure out before the draft in about another month. See, I, I, I'm, that, that's, that's where our logic has been, too. And one, one thing I think we... You know, again, I, I I love the football players on the team. I'm so corny about it, and and I'm just thinking, well, Corey Graham was in his first year to rebuttal on Corey Graham, and Tim McDonald, you know, he was saying, hey, you know, Corey saw too much, and that's why it's kind of like, did Corey Graham lose a step, or is it because he's caught thinking? And he can't just instinctually do what he wants because they're setting him up to, you know. So I feel like we went through a learning curve of Corey Graham, but unfortunately a lot of balls felt like they were lobbed over his head, you know what I mean? And, and it was painful to learn. And with his age, we're kind of coupling it like, well, you know, he's kind of up there. And I thought this signing was awesome to bring that kid in because Duke Williams, I don't trust him in coverage, obviously. And... They say he plays a run well, and this guy can also cover. Mm-hmm. And also, wasn't Rex Ryan talking about possibly playing with three safeties on the field at one time? And if you notice the defensive backs, obviously Aaron Williams, Corey Graham, they're all cornerbacks, and so is this kid. <laughs> yeah, they all have the experience playing corner. 
Um, you know, the, the Bills could bring a, a safety into the box, so to speak, on, on plays. Um, play safety as like a in a linebacker role, like they did with uh, Brian Scott a few years back. So they're definitely willing to do that to um, match the personnel that's on the field uh, opposite of them. So if they need someone that that can come in and, and cover, they could bring a, uh, a, an additional safety down that would play like the role of a linebacker covering maybe a tight end that's crossing the field. Which you know they might definitely need someone like that against the Patriots now with Gronkowski and with Martellus Bennett. So it's very possible that they do that. And and a guy like Blanton, a one-year deal, not getting that much money. It was definitely a, a very um, fair signing, and and it made a lot of sense to go. I think it's a very nice under the radar kind of signing. Um, but other than other than Stanton, um, you had something about Rex. We got about a minute left with you. Um, what did you have up at Scout.com? You know, Rex said quite a bit today, this, uh, especially this morning at the ASC coaches' breakfast. Yep. Uh, some of the more interesting things is he said that the Bills seem to be out of the mix for hard knocks. So a lot of people believe that, that breaks uh, the Bills were. A- <laughs> It, it would have been good for entertainment value, but I do. I wanted to say that maybe it will help the team with their overall focus, especially now that they're in year two. They're bringing in new coaches, Rob Ryan, Ed Reed. It, it, it's one less distraction for them. But that was one big thing he said. You know, um, <laughs> the other thing that Rex Ryan said today that kind of had a lot of people upset is that he noted that he felt unprepared all year. Uh, last season because of the way that Buffalo's schedule was set up where they, they had um, they weren't they were practicing on Tuesdays and most teams around the league had Tuesdays off for game planning purposes things like that so they had the rest of the week to practice and focus on that right. I guess the Bills were, were more so using Mondays and he kind of came out and said I felt unprepared all season which is not exactly something you want to hear from your head coach but I, I'm also sure he didn't mean it the way that it sounded. You know, he obviously was prepared. It was a little bit of a letdown season going 8-8. Eight and eight. So they had injuries. They were in year one of a new defense, year one of many new offensive pieces. So it, it, with an 8-8 eight and eight record, they, they certainly weren't an awful team. Um, but the unprepared kind of caught everyone off guard. And then he was very insulted when someone in the media compared his defense to the Cleveland Browns today. Kind of said that um, he's never been that bad in his career, and, and the stats don't lie. I mean, this last year's team being 19th overall in the yards, by far his worst season. Before that, he had one season with the Jets where they were 11th, but every other year they were in the top. 10, it's so. it's amazing because I'm sure you have to sift through all your articles. I mean, one last thought for you on that is, you know, I I love your stuff because it, to me it's it's more of on a positive twist. At least that's what I see. And it's like people call this guy a buffoon. When he was with the Jets, yeah, I, didn't, I wanted to kick him in the mouth. But he was on the Jets, and he talked a lot. But now he's on my team, and I like him. And I love that he's in his coach's photo, the only one wearing something with the with their team on it, you know, and that's awesome. That was so cool him, and he's repping Buffalo great. And... And it's just nice to have somebody who's honest. And if people want to bash on him, call him a buffoon. I mean, you're out of your mind. Because the defensive line coach was on the John Murphy show, you know, Mr. Blake. And 
he was saying, hey, we had a hunt, you know, I was two years head coach already, and we had a hundred-something ranked defense. Rex Ryan brought that from his little small school college. I was like, well, Rob Ryan's tied up. Well, I might as, he's got to have a brother, right? You know, next thing you know, Rex Ryan brings his defense in college, D1, Oklahoma. I mean, this is no joke, to number six. You're kidding me. The, the guy is a defensive genius. And I frankly think, he, yeah, you got a raw deal. He tried to, I don't know. I feel he's taken advantage of, you know, from, from guys like Murray Williams not buying in, spreading, pretty much being a cancer. But, you know, we've gone over that so many times on this. But, Ryan, really, thank you for your time. And if you have anything coming up, what do you got? You know, I'm, I'm just trying to stay on top of the, the pre-draft visits. So far, the Bills have announced uh, three of the prospects have announced three. So, Sheldon Rankins out of Louisville will be making a pre-draft visit. Uh, Reggie Ragland out of Alabama, the linebacker. I like and that one. I like Prescott. that, yeah. Oh, no, me too. And, and Dak Prescott, the quarterback, had a pre-draft visit. Still, according to people I've talked to, he still has it. But that was before he was also arrested for a DUI. So, the Bills could obviously, you know, go away from that pre-draft visit, but I think they'll still follow through. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Bills. We'll, we'll, we'll look at it. You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Well, Ryan, next time, anytime you want to come on, you know, a couple weeks, week, tomorrow, whatever, <laughs> call us up, man. We'll chill. We'll hang out. I All appreciate right. you coming on. And where can we find your work again? You can find my work on scout.com, Buffalo Football Report, and you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Hey, thank you, guys. It was fun. See All right, we'll talk to you soon, brother. So that's Ryan. Ryan's pretty awesome. You should really shoot him a follow on Twitter. He's uh, Ryan Talbot Bills. Yeah, yeah. On Twitter. And he also we, appears on WGR on Saturdays occasionally. Yeah, and, and again, Nick Ryan, Geary. we can't thank you enough for coming on with us, man. Yeah, don't forget, buffalofootballreport.com. And he always asks the Bills Mafia questions, you know. So he's a great follow. We like talking to him. We've been talking about getting him on. We've been talking back and forth for a couple for a while. months. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. But it's like so nice to see people who are finding real things to talk about. And Ryan's great. But pretty much what Ryan laid out is there are some there there are still some options with the salary cap stuff. Um, you got to get some guys signed. You got to see what's going on with the draft. They have eight picks. Who knows if all eight picks will stick on the roster, but you still got to get them signed. And that could account for $6 million of cap space right there. Now, if they had five or eight, sorry, they had seven picks, you'd be looking closer to five mil, five and a half mil. So, you know, this is, again, we said it last few podcasts, this is where Doug Whaley and the scouting department, this is where they're going to make their bread. And frankly, I cannot wait to see what they do. A lot of under-the-radar guys. I love that they brought in a safety who's also was drafted as a cornerback. And also a special teamer like Ryan touched on. You know, the Blanton kid, he looks like he could be a good value signing, and he's only signed for a year. Now, could that be just a guy that really is just a depth guy and we're reading into it too much? Well, maybe. But at the same time, 
I think the safety position, there is a fair shot for competition. And you saw how Tyrod Taylor flourished during competition. Now, I'm not sure if, um, you know, I'm kind of like at a loss for words when it comes to where, where would you prefer to fill in, say, some people don't think that Robert Woods can handle the number two spot. I do. I love the idea of Percy Harvin. But I, you know, enough where I bought his jersey after the first game because I'm such a homer. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's a lot of other under the radar stuff. You got Des Lewis who might still have upside. You got Leonard Hankerson. Uh, Doug Whaley said today that they're they're looking at re-signing him. Um, Garrett Boykin or Jared. I don't know if it's Garrett or Jared. I think we've talked about that a hundred times too. But uh, Tyrod's guy from from uh, Virginia Tech. There's a lot of there's a lot of wide receivers. With their name in the hat right now. Yeah, and who knows if they can come to fruition. Now, Doug Whaley mentioned specifically in an interview with John Murphy, Greg Salas. Oh, yeah, and Greg Salas. Right. Who He's been around. He was with New England for a minute, too. Yeah, and he, so he showed some flashes, for sure. I think Robert Woods can do it at the number two spot. I really do. I think he can handle it. I think the kid's tough. Um, but there is a, a certain dynamic with a guy like Percy Harvin out there. Now, I don't think the Bills will take a wide receiver in the first three rounds in this draft. And I'm not sure if they're going to take a quarterback, but Doug Weewee's talking a lot. And when Doug Weewee talks a lot, sorry to blow for you guys, I don't believe much of it because he's pretty well-reserved and he'll usually say, you know, we don't talk contracts in the media while well, he's talking Tyrod Taylor's contract in the media. So what's it tell you? He's putting it out there, too. I think there's a reason he wanted to come on the Murph Show, obviously, to get the update with the coaches' meetings, which, by the way, coaches' meetings, let's talk about that. How about the catch rule is not brought up to get change? Are you kidding me? I feel like at this point, if if the change is anything besides, like, erase it, then, <laughs> I mean, it's only going to get more complicated. It's already ridiculous. I don't know what to do about that. John Murphy brought up a great point. And they're going to be going to code words for this. And, of course, I'm so bright I forgot what the code words were. So, and I didn't listen it's to pretty much listen It's this, pretty much time. possession of the catch. And they added this word, you know, obviously there are two steps actually making the catch, and he added this word called time. And it's like, wait a second, you're just going to slip that under the radar, Blandino? Get out of here, you're not tricking me. What's this garbage? No, it's really just how the rule is interpreted, you know? When the guy catches the ball and he stretches it into the end zone and uh, it's not a catch, uh, no, no. And, and, and why does the NFL feel like you're institutionalized? Another thing, the Bills brought up, that keep a two-challenge system, but you can challenge anything. Any penalty, you can challenge. Yeah, I mean, I think that... The Bills lost two games because of that. Yeah, I, I, because I, of I get... coaches' errors. I get that. Or referee that, I mean... Yeah, I, it... How, how, why, what I'm trying to say is, why does the NFL feel institutionalized? You, you, it feels like the government to get a change at this point. You have scientists... The NFL is denying... 
that cannabis use helps CTE and this and that, and they're not they're not acknowledging it. And you're just holding players back, and more players are getting injured and injured and injured and injured when there is something out there that's been proven. It, but it's it's the NFL is run by old guys. You know what Bob Kraft said? He said he wrote a letter to Roger Goodell. It's 2016. You're telling me you wrote a letter and you're the one who sets the rules for the NFL and what's acceptable and not, and you don't play football and, you know, you're just one of many owners. You're behind the times, dude. Send a letter. Wait, that's your buddy. You guys have what, been on yachts together well, and stuff? You could probably call an email. Hey, man, I'm going with a letter. When you say letter, I'm saying stamps. If he sent an email, he'd say email. Or Roger Goodell, his little pen pal buddy, allegedly, he could just say, look, just say you wrote me a letter and you try to take care of it. They're buds, right? Roger works with them, but maybe, Bob Kraft is outspoken. So Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't anymore. Maybe he's... He's really mad about the Flategate still. I can't believe we were investigated. and Crazy hearing Bob Kraft talk, but whatever. I don't know what's crazier, him asking for the first-round pick back or him mailing a letter to Roger Goodell. I still don't think he put an actual I st- I think it was letter stamped. in the mailbox. I think he had a secretary stamp his signature and they called it. I don't know. It's weird. Seems like nothing gets changed. Same every year we look forward to football and the um the the, the officials they, just ruin uh, it. They it's over. they finalize that that extra point rule. Sorry, oh, cool. Car- Sorry, Carpenter. It's it's staying, bud. Dan, they're probably taking that kicker kid. Uh, second round. Just letting you know. Boo. I, really, I really hope. Boo. I really hope that doesn't stick. Boo. I just don't want to hate football, man. This catch rule just bothers me. It's so awful. The, the officials bother me. You watch your first game. Thursday night football comes around. You know, you got your lame-ass song that so many people sing on Channel 10 or, wait, Channel 10, NBC, you know. So, I don't, it is what it is. Look for Sunday night football, but on a Thursday, weird. But, you know, you look forward to it, and then uh, you see whistles, and you're like, great, flags. You see flags, and you don't see whistles. I wish they, why not they just start throwing the whistles at people? Calm down, Dave. It'll be all right. Serenity now, bud. I'm just so frustrated. I'm so frustrated over our interview. We strive for excellence here at Numbills Fan. Check us out at numbillsfan.com. I pretty much, I'm done here. Yeah, I'm shot, man. Let's let's let these listeners go, and we'll we'll be back soon with more of of whatever this is that we do here at numbillsfan.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Adam. You can follow me on Twitter at numbillsadamd. I am numbillsfan on Twitter. Tell your friends. Tell your wife. Tell your family members. Tell everybody. Yeah. We're kind of neat. We're kind of neat people, you know. But thank you, Ryan Talbot. You have awesome articles. And oh follow yeah, follow him. follow him. Yeah, Ryan Talbot Bills on Twitter. And it's a pretty easy spelling. I believe it's T A L B O T. So yeah. don't be confused. R Y A N T A L B O T B I L L S. And that's Twitter. BuffaloFootballReport.com. No.
Buffalo Football Report at scout.com. Look, man, I'm seeing his Twitter right now. Oh, you want to? Yeah, right, yeah. Right, you want to fight? Right, you're yeah. right. You're right. I see it, but you know that's it, it forwards. I, we're, we're both. We don't have a soundboard yet here at numbillsfan.com. But uh, I'll tell you what, I think uh, that you're right is going to be the first sound drop I do after everything I say. You're such a dick. All right. I suck at life. See ya. NumbillsFan.com. Go there.